Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl 2021, where we're recap week number seven. We're going to look ahead to week number eight. And as always, with me, Wes Easley, at Loafing It on Twitter, you can follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore, is the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself, Rob Norton, at Norton0723. How you doing tonight, Mr. Rob? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, Wes? Uh, it sounds like I'm doing okay. I've been out there pumpkin patching all day long. I, I you know, just doing all a bunch of little family things. Beautiful weather down here in Alabama. Seventy degrees. Wonderful day to be able to be out there at the pumpkin patch. You did that with your family, what, Saturday? Yeah, yeah. My son's uh third birthday was Saturday, so we uh we took him took him to a a museum type thing that had some interactive stuff and then later in the afternoon we went to pumpkin patch, did the whole thing, the hay rides. But I'm I'm jealous of that weather you were talking about because here here in Ohio it's been uh, cold and rainy for the past oh. like three four days. So, oh poor fellow, uh, sunny blue skies, <laughs> blue skies except for the chemtrails that are in the air. But we won't talk about those, Rob. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation for a different day. But I'm 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 jealous of your football team. The Cleveland Browns are doing really, really well this year. My Bears are not doing so great. I know they they're, they're okay. You know, the record says three and four or something like that, but they're nowhere near a three and four team. Yeah, yeah, it's been um, it's been exciting. You know, um, heading into the year, there was a lot of excitement as well, and and uh, it's it almost feels a little bit like a disappointment because we were expecting more, but I, I can't really think of it that way because there's been the Browns have been hit by so many injuries so far, so. You know, to be where they're at, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Okay, well, I, I can understand why you would be happy with it, uh, even <laughs> though if my guy is backup quarterback right now. What's his name? Keenum? Is it Keenum? Case Keenum, yeah. Case Keenum, who I pulled out of the archives last year and said, "Look out, this guy is going to be the Ryan Tannehill of this year." And this, I was a year behind. I mean, I, I, that's usually how I am—a year behind, a year ahead, whatever it is, however you want to say it. So Case Keenum came in and lit it up for us. I wonder how many people are going to play the Baby Bowl this week. What we might want to do, Rob, is ask last week, week number seven's champion. Uh, this guy is an expert in week seven baby bowls, I think. I don't know when Ryan Rybread Hawks ended up winning last year, but he's visiting with us again. It's cool to have a two-time champion on with us from the baby bowl, Ryan Bread Hawks. How you doing tonight, Ryan? Hey, I am doing great. Yeah, no complaints. Uh, in fact, over here, I'm in sunny San Diego. It was 80 degrees over here today, so you can't complain hmm. with weather like that. You hear that moment of silence, Rob? You know what that moment of silence is, don't you? It's, it's where I'm. It's where I'm not talking to somebody anymore, and I'm not talking <laughs> to Ryan anymore. He started off the show on a bad note, where he's already making me a little bit upset and jealous. We don't like that around here, Ryan, on, on the baby bowl. I'm going to start crying in a minute. Hey, make sure you follow Ryan over on Twitter. Ryan Hawks, Rye Bread is his kind of in, in the quotations there, so that always works out good for me at loafing it on Twitter. But you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan World Eater. Uh, Ryan, what what all do you do in the fantasy community? Uh, you you write for people and all that. I, I see a lot of stuff on your bio, but I'm not quite sure everything you do. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I probably have to update it. Uh, this okay. this season, I'm not doing any writing. I'm, I'm full on into my, my grad school. I'm in my last uh, year uh, as a part-time student. So it's taken me four whole years in grad school. I said, you know what? I need to just really buckle down 
and focus. So I used to write for Last Word on Sports. That's where I met Rob, a lovely person. Um, and I used to write for Raider Ramble on mm-hmm. Raider stuff. So Last Word on Sports, more of the uh, fantasy stuff, and then Raider Ramble. So now I'm 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 taking a break from it, and uh, I'm not sure if that reflects in my bio. Probably got to go back and look at it a little bit. So right now, all you'll find me is just tweeting about football and probably some NFTs and maybe some video game stuff here and there. <laughs> NFTs. You said something about NFTs. Okay, we're gonna uh-huh. do, let's detour just for a second, guys. I'm just going <laughs> to detour for a second. Because I don't understand NFTs. You know me, right? I'm an old man now. I don't understand what an <laughs> NFT is. I, I did buy some of those basketball things, the Top Shot things. Oh, and yeah. I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea where they are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I can't. I, I wanted to stick them in my bicycle spokes, and I just couldn't do that. I don't know what's <laughs> going on anymore. Tell me what an NFT is in just a very brief summary. Yeah, well, I, I think the NBA Top Shot's a good place to start. They're, they're the most accessible, right? So it's like a trading card, right? It's, it's serial numbered, right? You get your trading card and, and you look on the back and maybe it says like one of a thousand or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So each one has that serial number. So the cooler thing about these is, is they're digital, right? So it's a trading card, but it can be more than that. As, as these NBA Top Shot, they're like a trading card with a little highlight video on them. And and so there's that one copy, and sure the internet can copy everything, but the way they work is is you won't have that kind of serial number attached. So beyond that, you've got NFTs as as works of art. So they are people who are just creating a bunch of artwork, and they're it's a an individualized thing which which can be backtracked and somehow encrypted or something on the internet. It's very complicated. I hardly understand it myself. <laughs> But I just know that it's it's a very um, kind of uh, it's it's an interesting group. It's almost like having a brand name car ver- or brand name outfit versus the knockoff, right? This is like how how art is going to be in the future. Yeah. At least that's the way I think. Well, maybe how how it's going to be in the future for some people. I don't know if it's going to be in the future for me. I I, got, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. I'm going. Why in the world would I pay that much for something I don't even know? So it's 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 kind of one of those things, but it's fun to dabble in, I suppose. I, I try to figure out what it is, and I'm glad you explained it to me. Is your avatar the little the little raven, a hawk? What what is that? That's right. That's one of the NFTs that I own. So I've been changing it every uh, some odd days when it, when I find some cool ones that I like. So yeah, that one that is my avatar currently is uh, the NFT of Corvus. Corvus have got a bunch of little cool birds out there, and and a lot of them too. If you notice, the, these artists have have one singular thing, like this bird, and what differentiates them. You might have a thousand of these birds out there, and each one is slightly different. And the outfits and, and accessories and stuff are individualized based on an algorithm out there. So this is it's it's some crazy stuff, man. <laughs> I'll tell so, you that. Oh, uh, well, tell me off the air. You are you can you can tweet it at me. How much you pay for uh, this this bird, this raven? Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to dis. Uh, maybe tax, tax, tax things going on here. Four, forty-five so, algo. Four, forty-five algorand. Which right now one algorand is about two dollars. So <laughs> you could do the math on that one. I, no, I'm not going to do the math on that one. But I am going to do the math on your winning score here on the baby bowl. I don't even there you know go. What we're talking about anymore. I can go I can get back to the baby bowl, Rob. Uh, here on week number seven, and and as we recap this before we get into that, Rob, do you have the updated standings? Please, please tell me that Max is still up on top. <laughs> Max is still up on top, and then you got 
We got our buddy Coop A Fiasco in second. We got Sports Fanatic third. Evan Brown fourth. We got JB Cho Nose in fifth. Wyatt Bertalone in sixth. Jesse Clark seventh. Jonathan Criswell eighth. King Petty in ninth. And then we got Hutchinson Brown in sitting there in tenth. I'm not even talking about that anymore. All right, let's go over our week number seven. <laughs> our week number seven recap here. Ryan, you of course had the winning baby bowls total there, one sixty four. Not quite as big as the last week. Week number six, we 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 had technical difficulties, all those things. We just couldn't get our our stuff together last week, so we had to skip to week number six. But he had like one ninety something. But you still had a great score at one sixty four. I came in at one thirty five, and Rob, you came in at one seventeen last week. Let's go over these guys. We'll talk about them from a season long perspective how we thought they maybe would have done last week but also how they're doing this year and and for the future we're at about the halfway point boys halfway point of fantasy football right now we're in week number eight we're about to be in week number eight what there's like 17 weeks of football this year or something like that they change it on me is that right <laughs> yeah yeah yep. more week yeah so so we're about halfway home uh and ryan last week you ended up putting lamar jackson in there at quarterback i did as well with that cincinnati game i I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a shootout and i thought baltimore was maybe going to hang in there a little bit better than they did but man cincinnati took it to them last week didn't they ryan sure did yeah i was surprised on that i did have cincinnati winning the game i i did have a bet on that but uh, yeah i really thought it'd be a lot closer than it was i gotta admit that as well and and when uh, how, how do you see Lamar? This is Lamar in a nutshell, isn't it, Ryan? Just one week he'll be way up there, the next week he'll be pretty far down there. Not I don't want to say pretty far down there, but for me, twenty three points from Lamar, Lamar Jackson is a little bit disappointing in the Cincinnati Bengal matchup. It is right. I. I... I wonder sometimes, like, are we just getting spoiled by some of these just ridiculous quarterback performances that we've been starting to get accustomed to over the past years? Because 23 points, I, when I first started playing fantasy, I mean, that was a great week. You know, you're right. You're right. Thank you for slapping reality in our face there. But you're all right. That was a really good week. But it seems like it is a little bit lower nowadays. Rob, you stuck Tannehill in there. Against that Chiefs secondary, I'm sure you were going, okay, these guys are going to get back. A.J. Brown's going to be back. We're going to get this uh, uh, Tannehill. And he had 20, but once again, it, it does seem a little disappointing for a quarterback to only get 20. Yeah, definitely. I was expecting, you know, a di- an entirely different game script than what played out. Um, he still had that rushing touchdown, which kind of saved the day, but... You know, I was expecting them to be in a shootout as well, and I expected them to be trailing a little bit. Um, and then for them to, you know, get out to a huge lead and be win twenty seven to three, that was that was pretty shocking to me. Yeah, I, I ended up. The Tennessee was one of my best bets last week over at the Pick and Biscuit Winter Podcast. It, it just had it written all over there, so I I wasn't like surprised that they won the game, but I was surprised that it was just a blowout that quickly. Maybe you should have put uh, uh, maybe you should put Derrick Henry in there at quarterback. Maybe you would have scored a little bit more points than, than what you had <laughs> last week. That that may have been something you did, Ryan. I you we you and I also had Kamara in there. Against the Seattle defense, I know that's what I was thinking, is that Kamara would be able to run all over a terrible defense. Seattle's just not what they used to be then in, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Same thing. I, I was like, it's time to, to throw in a big dog in here at running back. Kamara <laughs> against the Saints with Geno Smith. I was like, you know, I think this game is, is probably going to be over quick, and Kamara's just going to be running all over everybody. 
We also put in two backup running backs. You put in Devontae Booker, and I put in Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Uh, right. Chuba, yeah, I got 10 points. You got 15, so you made out a little bit more like a bandit. Do we have any information? Do either one of you guys know any information about whether or not Saquon will be suiting up this week for us? Oh, um, that, I, I, that, yeah, <laughs> I think you got to did not participate again today. I have him on so many fantasy teams. Uh, I really need him back. I, I need him back real bad. Uh, let me, I'm looking at it right now. It, it, the, 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 uh, headline is iffy for Monday night okay. football. <laughs> so and that I'm, makes it tough, <laughs> you know, for if, especially on Monday night, he suits up on Monday night. We may have to run with the Devonte Booker in, uh, you know, redraft leagues or even in dynasty leagues, if we ended up with Saquon, we got his backup. I, I, it's it's tough to trust Saquon in this week going into a Monday night. I agree. I I would expect oh, no. him to sit one more. What, what about yeah. Chuba Chuba Hubbard? I'm I'm going to start calling him Chuba because after he let me down in Baby Bowl, I I was left. I was having fun with Chuba Chuba Hubbard's name. I just Hubba Bubba yeah. Chuba Bubba, you know. But but now <laughs> I'm going to call him Chuba because he let me down. Ryan, who would you rather have, I guess, uh, like a Chuba Hubbard or a Devontae the rest of the season in redraft? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I really liked the Panthers when they started the year. And, and as we all know, they started 3-0, and and I thought that offense looked real good. If you would have asked me week three and both of them got hurt, I would tell you Chuba Chuba. But at this <laughs> point, give me Booker uh, because he's he's putting up a little bit more points. The Giants, despite being a pretty terrible team, that they're putting up points every week. <laughs> yeah, they they sure are. And Rob, yeah. you put in a, a a running back in a situation I thought was a slam spot. You put Daryl Henderson Jr. in there. I thought he was going to get a lot more against that Detroit offense. He got nine. I di- I didn't watch the game. I don't know what happened. What happened to him? I <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I, that one <laughs> that one I thought was. Like you said, just a smash, but I thought it was a lock. I mean, I played him pretty much everywhere. Everywhere I had him, everywhere in in uh, a ton of a DraftKings lineup. And he just looked like he was going to be in such a great spot. The Lions defense had been letting up like the most points to running backs on the season. And, you know, he had been getting just a massive workload. He still got a good workload, 15 carries, three, three uh, receptions. But... He just, I mean, he just didn't come through. He only had 45 rushing yards and 19 receiving yards, and you know, Cooper Cup stole the show again. Yeah. Do Do you think that he's gonna? And and I'll ask this first to you, Ryan, and then Rob, you can chime in. Do, do you think Henderson, if he ends up underperforming like this, and maybe last week was just a weird matchup for him uh, in a very weird game, how how it ended up starting out and everything, just kind of, I think maybe got the coaching staff a little flustered. But but Sony Michelle doesn't look terrible when he gets in there, Ryan. I, I could see Henderson losing some snaps to Sony Michelle as the year goes on. I can only pray he doesn't. And he's he's been pretty good for the most part. I know he doesn't have a, that hundred yard game under him, it, it, but I think you're right. He really doesn't look like overly impressive when he's in there. But he is getting the job done, and he can do a little bit of both. Uh, he he did have five receptions in one game, I believe, uh, against Arizona. Sony Michelle, I I actually think he, Michelle don't look that good to me. Okay. So I think Henderson better than Michelle, and he'll keep the work mostly because of that. More less because Henderson 
looks great, but more because Michelle is not that good. <laughs> yeah, you, you may be right. Maybe your eyes have been on it more so than, than mine have. But, Rob, I know that L.A. offense just works better with that workhouse back in there, like we saw with Todd Gurley, who can kind of get it done on both sides of the thing. I don't know if Henderson's that guy, and I've seen Sony Michelle do it in New England. Yeah, I'm – see, I, I'm – I think Sony Michelle has looked okay when he's when he's gotten the work. I think honestly, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of that the running backs don't matter as much as people like to think they do. So, I mean, of course there's like generational type guys and different I mean Derrick Henrys and McCaffreys and things like that, but you know, I do think that Sony I I do think that Sony Michelle would be perfectly fine in the lead role. But I do think I do think Henderson is better uh, just between the two. So I, I'm I'm hoping that Henderson gets continues to get you know eighty plus percent of the snaps like he's been getting. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll trust you. I'll trust both of you. Both of you are the experts. I'm just sitting here behind a microphone. Hey, <laughs> and and speaking about experts, uh, listen, listen to what Ryan, what, what Rob did last week. He ended up sticking that D. Ernest Johnson, I think his last name is, for Cleveland. I get. I was really happy though when I saw Rob's lineup having D. Ernest in there, just because it, I, Rob was excited that that the Cleveland Browns were playing so well last Thursday night and then he knew he had he had that running back in there and so I could just see Rob fist pumping and and usually I don't see Rob get very excited in my mind when I think of Rob Norton I just think <laughs> a laid back but I could have saw him last week just yeah 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 you know I, more like I do during a Bears game at some point <laughs> yeah definitely that that one that one was one I was definitely uh, heavily invested in it was funny because um, I went over to a buddy's house and we watched, it was him, me and one other guy and, um, and the guy's dad, we were watching the game and we're all, you know, big Browns fans and we're all, all three of them are in the baby bowl too. So, uh, we were talking about it if anyone put him in there and I, I don't know if they, I think one of the guys did and I think the other guy didn't, but you know, Dearness Johnson, he looked so good that, that night too. I mean, mm-hmm. every, every, every play, I mean, he just looked like he was getting extra yards. He was making guys miss. And, you know, it was, it was nice to know that even if both Chubb and Hunt are out, you got, I got to feel actually pretty confident in. Out of your three running backs, Ryan, Hollywood Brown, what's your most disappointing at 19 points, 19 points. You know, that was your most disappointing one. And then you stuck Cooper cup in there who, you know, just, just Edelman. He's he's Edelman uh, Edelman Edelman. What's the, what's the guy's name for the Patriots? Who's Edelman. Edelman. I've been at the pumpkin patch, guys. I'm on, I'm, I'm <laughs> Edelman. Thank you, Julia. Julia. I call him Jules. That's if I would have put Jules, Jules down here, cool. I would have remembered. But I tried to say Edelman, and that was terrible. Uh, Jules, Jules, Jules on steroids is what Cooper Cup is to me. Oh, Jamar yeah. Chase was your other one. Uh, you got 34 points out of Chase. You got 38 out of Cup. Uh, Cup is having an unbelievable year. I don't think any of us expected this out of him. They, they've really revamped that system to go all towards him, it seems like. But to me, Jamar Chase at 34 fantasy points last week is just setting the woods on fire. Uh, Justin Jefferson, this is my thought this, this time around. If we see a Justin Jefferson come out of college this year, if we see a Jamar Chase come out of college this year, is that wide receiver going to end up being a first-round draft? Is anybody going to have a guts and redraft to take one of those types out of college in the first round this year? Because both of those guys, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, have just done so well this, uh, over the last two years, Ryan. Is anybody going to have the guts to do that next year if, if we see that kind of wide receiver again? 
That's a, that's a good question, and and I think so. Um, I I remember I I used to be not a, not all for drafting the first round running backs, and and when Zeke came out, he was one of those guys that kind of changed that for me. And I'm like, you know, rookies can come out, and and that wasn't a dodge. Like first year wide receivers don't don't do it, and and they have. So there could be. I hadn't really thought about that, but but it's probably going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I mean, it, you know, because I think. Jamar Chase, what? Well, he was probably going three or four this year, Rob, in the third or fourth round, probably. Maybe yeah, he later. Slipped, he slipped even further in a lot of redrafts as the preseason went on because he was having such a. I don't know if you remember, he had that oh, yeah. such that you know rough yeah. preseason. People people were dropping him so much, and they're like, "Oh, this guy can't catch." He's talking about the the ball, how there's not the white stripe on it. He's yeah. he's he's gonna be a bust, and it's like it's, it was like, guys, this is this is this is preseason that we're talking about. I mean, I understand obviously some things can carry over and some not, but I mean, this is a guy in Jamar chase that we were talking about as a generational talent. And you were worried about a couple preseason games. And this is a guy that was, you know, one season removed from having like a dominant season ahead of Justin Jefferson, who right. we saw have a dominant rookie, one of the best, arguably the best rookie season of all time. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of comical to me that people, you know, freaked out that much out, uh, about a couple uh, preseason games. Yep. Yeah. And, oh, man. Yeah, I just got to jump in and say I drafted T. Higgins in, in my redraft because I thought he would be I thought he would have the better first year. And and Jamar Chase went undrafted in that same oh. league. And, and I was I kept seeing I'm like, oh, I should take him. I should. Take. I'm like, oh, but I got T. Higgins already. I, I can't have them both. And <laughs> man, I regret that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I you could have traded Jamar Chase for T. Higgins and felt even worse. I won't I won't mention who did that, but they're on this show and they might be talking right now. Okay, but I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping for a Jamar Chase injury so I can say I told him so. I but I I really don't. I don't wish injuries on anybody. Rob, you put Godwin in there last week. I'm sorry, buddy. It was a Mike Evans week uh, last week, and and man, they tore it up. I I can't get over. How easy the game looks. My, you know, both of you know probably that my daughter is a Patrick Mahomes fan, right? And she was watching Mahomes and, and and the Titans, and I said, you know, the game just hasn't slowed down for Patrick. It almost looks like it's sped up this year. It looks more difficult for him this year. And and I I was trying to tell her how let, let's watch Aaron Rodgers later. Let's watch Tom Brady a little bit later, and watch how slow the game moves for these guys. The, the, both of those guys just make it look so easy. Rob, a uh, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, and and I don't know if Matt Ryan, because you got Calvin Ridley on here with thirteen, a uh, Jalen Waddle with fifteen as your wide receivers. I don't know if there's really how how long does it take for a quarterback to do that to get that slow to make the game move that slow. Rob, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know who else makes it look that slow or that easy in the league this nowadays. Yeah, I think it's, you know, mostly those two guys in terms of in terms of really dissecting a defense. I mean, other guys, you're, if you want to throw guys that are that can do what they want out there, kind of like Kyler, Lamar, uh, Josh Allen, those kind of guys. Mahomes normally, obviously this year he's struggled a bit more, but, you know, the 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 guys like you're talking about with Tom Brady and and Aaron Rodgers they're just savvy veterans that just are always seem calm and no matter what they're always always uh doing what they need to do and um yeah i mean the funny part about it is that i've been notoriously a Tom Brady hater for so long i mean for the longest time it was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning and 
I always would take Peyton Manning. And it's just it's it's gotten to a point where it's so hard for me to even take that side anymore. I mean, there's there's a couple arguments you could make, but Tom Brady has been just insane for I mean so long, and he he's, he seems like he's only getting better, and it's kind of just ridiculous. Ryan, since you're out there in California, let me ask you this: Is Matt has has Derek Carr moved to a level? closer to that or is he just having a hot streak because this year he seems to the game seems to be a little bit easier for him yeah so I don't know if you know I'm a Raider fan <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's, yeah. and yeah and Derek Carr is he's one of the most polarizing players we've ever had <laughs> mm-hmm. some people love him some people hate him and I was a big believer of him his first few years I mean he came out and 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 he he had those intangibles, you know, that, that you really need. He he was smart with the football. He had an arm. Did didn't always have the weapons. We got Amari Cooper, and you could see that he had it. Um, I've always thought the game was was pretty slow for him. But but what seemed like happened was when he got that leg injury, he he got real skittish in the pocket, and instead of taking hits, he would just toss the ball away and, and always looking for that check down. And and this year, yeah, I mean, he's 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 finally coming out of it. He's going down the field more. He's still being smart with the football. He, he is on another level. I mean, and and we're seeing his passing yards. He's always been a good stat guy in terms mm. of completion percentage and touchdown to interception ratio. Took him about five five or six years or so just to top four thousand passing yards. So. That he he was never that guy, but he's always had the arm, and he's always had the the I think the chops. Mm-hmm. But now we're seeing it in practice a little bit more, so I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, and I was just trying to think of that as a as a question as I was talking with my daughter about it. I was trying to think of the other quarterbacks who maybe have moved to that level or have the potential to do that. Yeah. And I went, "Holy cow, Derek Carr might be one of those names." Uh, at our at at my wide receivers, I put Hill in there. I got him wherever he's just going to score thirteen a week. That was good job by me. That's hard to do, you know. Uh, Tyreek Hill finding Tyreek Hill to only score thirteen points one week in the baby will. That's really hard to do. I have talent. <laughs> Uh, it's unmatched like anybody else. I also put uh, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins in there. I knew he was going to score a touchdown at least last week. And then Cordero, pa- somebody told Cordero Patterson that I played him in the baby bowl and he decided to come back down to earth a little bit. Only got me 14 points against a terrible defense. <laughs> and I got 14 points out of Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson burned me last year on the Bears. He burned me again whenever I played him in the baby bowl. Hey, one guy, you put OJ Howard in there. I thought I, I had too much OJ Howard, Ryan, all over mm. the place in DFS last week. That was your one weak point. You could have scored a lot higher, uh, but you put OJ Howard in there last week, and I don't know where I, he disappeared. Disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to pivot. I, I actually had Waller everywhere. All my DFS. I was like, you know what? Oh. He's due for a breakout. He hasn't done anything since week one. I said, this is his week. I just felt it in my bones, and and I guess I felt that he was missing the game, and I misinterpreted it because I had to pivot <laughs> on everything, every everywhere. And I got OJ Howard everywhere, and 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 at least it didn't kill my baby bowl. But I lost my my main leagues matchup by a by a point. <laughs> I could have picked up almost any other tight end in the league that still hadn't played yet, and probably been fine. Um, my DFS barely barely missed out on pay and all of those. So so OJ Howard, yeah, he burned me, and uh, I don't think I ever want to see him in my lineup again. 
I can understand that. <laughs> I, I, I totally can. Uh, I had the same problem. And you picked R- Ricky Seals Jones. I put Kyle Pitts in there at uh, tight end. I ended up uh, with 135 points. Rob, I think I already said you 117. And of course, Ryan had 164. Fellas, Kyle Pitts. We can't say that he is defying all odds as a tight end, rookie tight end. We all know that stigma that a rookie tight end is going to be successful in the NFL. It takes too much to learn. He's not a tight end, right? He's he's playing wide receiver more so than tight end. Am I right on that, Rob? Yeah, definitely. He, he, you know, it's it's funny because heading into the year, he was one of my biggest fades of the year, just because. Like you said, the historical stigma of rookie tight ends. And, you know, I, I heard everyone talking about, oh, he's not going to be used as a tight end. He's not he's not going to be, you know, used like a like a traditional tight end. And I was like, you know, I was thinking I'm like, yeah, I've heard the same thing about, you know, super athletic tight ends that came in the league from in years past, like Kellen Winslow or Vernon Davis or, you know, any of these guys that are just super athletic first round caliber basically receiving first tight end so i was like i i just didn't buy into it after the first week or two i was totally totally bought in and just just seeing the usage of how he was even even though it wasn't producing yet you know i went out and i was like i even i, I tweeted out i was like i'm i'm doing a full 180 and backtracking what i what i said before the year and i'm, I'm all in on cow pits and i actually went out and traded for him in a couple leagues even so I uh, I changed changed my view as soon as I saw that they actually followed through on that usage and like you said they're they're using him pretty much as a uh, as a wide receiver at this point. We're not going to buy into that though next year, right, Ryan? We're going to go with the historical data and say that Kyle Pitts was just an anomaly, correct? No doubt, no okay. doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to verify that. Uh, it does take usually tight ends a couple of uh, years to get acu- uh, adjusted to the NFL. It took Kyle Pitts all of four weeks, I think. So that's uh, that was an anomaly in and of itself. Hey, you're listening to two guys on here with me. I am Wes Easley at Lofinet on Twitter. Make sure you can follow the show as well at Fantasy Impact Today on Twitter at Fight Today with a little underscore. The other guy on here is the daddy of the baby bowl himself, Rob Norton at Norton zero seven two three. And of course, Ryan Bread Hawk. Rye, rye Bread. Rye Bread, not Ryan Bread. Uh, it's Ryan, it's <laughs> Ryan Rye Bread Hawks at Ryan World Leader over there on Twitter. And yes, I, I did scroll down your Twitter line the other just, just before I got on here with you, just to kind of get familiarized with things. And I did see all those little pictures, the little NFTs just splashed all over here. You you are really into this, Ryan. You were just I, I I don't know what it is, and I I need to ask you more things online, I, offline. I think uh, about all these uh, uh, the crows. These it's one of them's moving on me, Ryan. This is pretty cool. This is pretty neat looking. <laughs> yeah, some of them are animated. It's a trip, man. <laughs> okay, all right. I gotta get more into that, fellas. We got a big week of football coming up, though. It's week number eight in the NFL. Let me give you some of the game totals that are above fifty. Dallas at Minnesota, 55. New York Giants at Kansas City Chiefs, 52 and a half. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, he's got, it's a 50-point total. Tennessee at Indianapolis is sitting at 50 and a half. Now, let me tell you something that are really low. People we may want to avoid in the Baby Bowl, and i got to pick your brain about one of these things. Here, both of you, actually. San Francisco at Chicago is at 39 and a half. We're not going to talk about that one, okay? We're not going to talk about the San Francisco-Chicago game at all, <laughs> at all. No, uh, please no. <laughs> but but the other one is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Ryan, I don't know if you've heard of these two teams or not, 
But the, these two guys, these two teams love each other. All right, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, <laughs> they just have this infatuation right. with trying to please each other on the field. <laughs> this is going to be a big-time game. Do you know how many points? Well, and I'm looking at Odd Shark. Do you know how many points, Ryan, that Pittsburgh is slated to score this week by Odd Shark? Oh, man. I am interested. 23. 23. Lower. Oh, oh, 17. Lower. Oh, oh. 12 12 points. 12 points is what Pittsburgh is slated to score. The predicted score is 12. The game total is at 42.5. They have the Cleveland Browns penciled (laughs) in at 31, Rob. Your Cleveland Browns are penciled in for 31 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you buying that, Rob Norton? Wow, yeah. If 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 I could find if I find that and I'm able to bet that, I would bet the under. Um, <laughs> and that and that's just. I mean, I do think the Browns should be favored, even even I'd say even without uh, Baker. Uh, but at the same time, I do think it's going to be a close game, especially in a rivalry game. Um, you know, you can you know do all the narratives that you can think of pretty much. And it's likely that the Steelers are going to get up for this game more than, more than another game. So I definitely think it'll be a close game. I do think it, that that low over under is kind of right on though, with a 42, 42 and a half in yeah, that range. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, what did you say about Baker? Is he playing? Is he not playing this Sunday? <laughs> I think they left it open that he has a possibility. I don't think he's going to play, but if I, I do think he has a chance is what the reports are saying. Ryan, I'm going to give you some of these totals just to put that Pittsburgh total in perspective. Okay. Because, you know, different sites do different things. I like odd sharks. It's got a lot of colors on there. That's why I like NFTs too, because I see a (laughs) lot of colors. Okay. So it's got a lot of colors on it. Uh, The New York Jets with maybe Joe Flacco under center uh, for the first time in quite some time uh, slated in for 14 points. So they think the Steelers are only going to score two points less than the New York Jets. The the Miami Dolphins, (laughs) The Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills, seven points. Okay, so we may want to stay away from the Ooh. Dolphins. The Houston Texans against the Rams. All right, Houston Texans, not, not a very good football team. Uh, they're scheduled for 11 points, 11 points. So, so to see the Steelers at 12, it really makes me scratch my head. But, Ryan, at what point, at what point, and I guess Ben didn't play too bad. He's gotten a little bit better. Maybe the injuries did bang up, uh, have him banged up earlier in the year. I was really thinking that maybe they were going to have to really look at a backup quarterback. But, man, when I look at this team, they are not set up for long-term success. That offensive line is horrendous. And when you don't have a quarterback, you've got to lean on the running game a lot. And they can't do that. They just can't do that. So I don't even see this Pittsburgh team being good in the future, Ryan. No, they they got to get a new quarterback. I mean, they they do just need an offensive line revamp and a quarterback. But I mean, they've got wide receivers and a running back to hold them. That defense is good. The the defense is real good, but I, I just think the offense is is holding it back right now. They're out on the field so much, right? Yeah, no, they they are. And I wonder if they don't have in their back pocket something. You know, maybe they saw a a a older man leave Tampa Bay and said, you know, or leave New England and go to Tampa Bay. And they said, you know what? There's this guy in Green Bay that's that's really not happy in that situation. And maybe we can bring him in here at the end of this season to take over for Ben Roethlisberger and be the quarterback at the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I'm wondering, Ryan, if that's not something they thought about. I would not be surprised. This has to be Big Ben's last year. It's got to be right. I mean, he came in and and he tried and he slimmed down and and he just he just doesn't have it. And I was always a Big Ben fan, uh, but he's he's done. He's washed. Yeah, you can kind of see it in his arm strength. It almost looks very similar to me. Not not quite as bad as it was with Drew Brees at the end of the season last year when he came back for that playoff game and. <laughs> as soon as you saw, yeah, as soon as you saw Drew throw that pass, and were some of those passes, you were like, "Oh boy, this is the last Drew Brees game we're going to see ever." I think. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you get that feeling, Rob, as well, from Big Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, he's he's looked rough. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, right. Yeah, he's he's. And like you were mentioning with the Rodgers thing, I I wouldn't be surprised because I do think Rodgers is out for sure after this year. So. I do think he's going to eye up a spot and Pittsburgh has, you know, a decent, it's not like they have a great, you know, Tampa Bay kind of had like the perfect setup with right. the, with the, with the team around them. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't really have that quite, but they have at least enough talent that a high end quarterback like Rogers could, could put them up into another level. A whole nother level. Could you imagine him? With all those two, uh, I don't know. I don't. He might not do well. There might be too many choices because right now all he does is look at Devontae Adams and throw it his way, and he's got such a great connection with him. There might be too many choices there. This week, there's a lot of choices for us on Baby Bowl, Ryan, and and I can't help but think of Kyler Murray this week at quarterback. Uh, if I still have him left, I don't know if I have him left. I don't have a little chart around here where I got X people <laughs> off. I got to look at it each week online. But going against that Green Bay Packers secondary, being in a lot of scoring positions pops possibly because I think that Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard are both on the COVID list, if I'm not mistaken. This mm-hmm. That's going to put the Arizona Cardinals in a very positive field position script, I believe, for this game. There, So there could be some scoring opportunities there for Kyler. Kyler's just a clear-cut number one. I think I'd be wise to play him this week. Who else do you think? think would be a good quarterback oh man you stole mine right right from me oh well t- talk about it talk about Kyle <laughs> now I go. yeah i mean o- over on that thursday night it, it it does worry me a little bit with no Devonte adams like like could the cardinals just kind of run away with this game a little bit too early and oh, yeah. and kyler doesn't have to you know really do much after but but you got aaron Rodgers over there he's gonna throw to whatever receiver is there he's gonna keep him in the game <laughs> I like Kyler is is the top choice, and I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm scratching my head, like, did I already play him or not? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, and 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 I'm with you on that. The only thing I think about when I think about the Arizona Cardinals last week, they had an opportunity, and granted, it was against Houston, so it's kind of like a a revenge game for a couple of their stud players, you know. So they want to make sure to run score up a little bit, but they don't seem to let off the throttle too much. It's almost like they're going to look at this as maybe a practice game against a good scrimmage team, you know? That's a good point. That's a good point that we're seeing that they really, I, I think there was one game where they blew a team out earlier this year and they're, they're still, they didn't step off. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, who else are you looking at, Rob? Maybe there's a quarterback or two dangling out here in front of you. Yeah, I like, you know, I I like Josh Allen against the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been really rough um i do like the kyler recommendation and i've already used kyler so i can't i can't go there personally um but i've never i'm never against using kyler pretty much in in most yeah. matchups whenever someone has the possibility to use them so i like him i like josh allen um yeah i i you know a sneakier one that could be 
good, and it depends on if the if there's more weapons healthy. Is Daniel Jones on Monday mm-hmm. night? Um, they're playing against Kansas City, and I know Kansas City didn't put up the points this past week, but I'm I'm gonna you know think of that as more of an anomaly than than <laughs> than the rule. So I I think that Mahomes and the Chiefs will get back to scoring you know their usual 28, 30 plus points. And against the Giants, and so especially if um, if if the Giants get any of the weapons back, they Daniel Jones, you know, he he does run a bit, and clearly he uh, he catches patches passes too. I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're uh, yeah. calling him calling him DBJ over there. So um, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, I, I I like I've always liked Daniel Jones from a fantasy perspective. I don't think he's a, a great real life quarterback, but he can. He, he's not afraid to sling it, and he and he can run a bit. And they're generally trailing, so he gets he gets some volume. So that could be a sneakier one if you're not going if you're going away from like the top kind of elite guys. Yeah. Really inter- yeah. really interesting point total here, Ryan. As I look at this a little bit closer, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are penciled in for 21 points this week, is from a predicted score, and the Detroit Lions are at 27. So they actually have the Lions winning this ball game. I, I don't I don't know if I could see that happening or not. But talk in the Baby Bowl, we've talked about Jalen Hurts a couple of times in that thread. What are your thoughts about Jalen Hurts? Is he a guy who can get this done long term? Does he not have any weapons? Is he a one man show? What what is Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I I I've always liked him. I I think that that offensive line has issues. I think their their play calling is ridiculous. I mean, look at how many times they run the ball. They know every <laughs> time you're going to come out and pass it, so they're going to stop it. And and Hurts needs time to develop as a passer. You got to get him. You know, look at look at Russell Wilson when he first started. You know, he had a good run game. You got to do that with quarterbacks like Hurts who still needs a little bit of work as a passer. He, he's got a lot of potential. He can run it. So what are they doing out there with their yeah. run game? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to always get a young quarterback in some second and shorts instead of always like a third and long situation and, and where you grind the, oh, you pound the rock a couple of different times just to get them in that third down and short or second down and short situation where they have a run pass option and, and it puts the defense on their heels a little bit. Speaking of that running game, I think that Miles Sanders is out this week. Does that mean Kenneth Gainwell is going to be in there? And would he be a great baby bowl play there, Ryan? Uh, I mean, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> you would think because he's he's been he's been many games more productive than Sanders already. But just looking at, at how they run it anyway, I, I I wouldn't be comfortable playing him still. I I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I know I, I get it. I understand that. And and it's a tough situation too. Like even in Buffalo, uh, do you think Zach Moss Rob has run away with that that whole usage thing over there in Buffalo or how how much does Singletary still have his paws in the game? I do think Moss is kind of more of the the lead guy. The thing about the Buffalo situation though, um I've been touting this since last year when when it was kind of the reverse last year. Devin Singletary was the guy getting drafted in like the sixth, seventh round, and Moss was the late round guy. And then this year, it kind of evened out a little bit heading into the year, although Moss was taking a little a round or two ahead. Singletary was after. But even last year, I, I was stating like even even if they got a full workers role, their 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 ceiling is really a running back too, and it's mostly because 
the bills pass so much and which you normally I, I don't mind if my running back as long as my running back is playing on those passing downs. The problem is that Josh Allen checks down at one of the lowest rates in the NFL. He, I mean, he, and especially if you watch Josh Allen at all, you, you, you'd understand why. I mean, he, he just t- he'll take off running. He jumps over guys. He just slings it downfield, but he's got a cannon for an arm. He's this guy's not checking the ball down at all. So they're pat. They don't get a lot of pass work. And then when they get into the, the goal line area, Josh Allen becomes uh, one of their main goal line backs pretty much at that point. So he steals a lot of the work for them. So that, that situation in general, I just don't like it for no matter who is in, in the lead, but yeah, definitely um, I'd say Zach Moss is, is the guy that if you're going to play one of the two, Zach Moss is the guy. Ryan, you and I were pretty smart in playing Kamara. I don't know about you, but I'll admit it. I've got some inside sources. Oh, Okay. That, that told me that the New Orleans Saints were going to get Mark Ingram from the Houston Texans in a trade this Tuesday. They said Tuesday afternoon. I guess this would qualify. So uh, the, the, the Wednesday, you know, on Wednesday, uh, I, I don't have sources. I'm just uh, all right. So, but but with Mark Ingram being traded to the New Orleans Saints, and by the way, that made Brandon Cooks very upset. If you have not heard that yet, uh, Brandon Cooks is very upset that <laughs> Mark Ingram got traded. I think he's more upset that he has to stay. Than he is about Mark Ingram being traded <laughs> right now, but does that that puts David Johnson in play, doesn't? It? I mean, we, and now we got the green light to play at David Johnson this year, and and that might cut into Kamara's workload because Mark Ingram's that veteran that that kind of you know Kamara learned under his feet a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who I would play, and and I'd give it a week between DJ and and Lindsay. I, I've I've always been kind of, I've been fans of both of them throughout their careers and, and wish they'd gotten a little bit more more usage uh, Johnson later on but for Kamara I'm I'm not the worried in, in in the least because he's always thrived without being that number one guy he's, he's it's kind of like a Chubb hunt situation where he he does just fine with the second back so some of the touchdowns mm, might be a little bit scared of that but overall, I, I'm not worried about Kamara at all. Uh, but I will say I'm glad I used him already now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? I, whenever I watch Kamara, uh, excels, of course, in that in that passing game, of, of course. Lots of volume there. I don't think that he runs that well between the tackles. And maybe that's what he Mark Ringo is being brought, brought in there to do, is to run in between the tackles. You know, a smaller guy uh, kind of gets lost in there among all the big guys. That's my theory, anyway, whenever I look at it. Uh, possibly. Possibly that could happen. Who else are you looking at at running back uh, this week, Ryan? Do you got any a couple more names or? Um, at running back, I'm I'm so tempted, but I, I don't know because I mean we got the two big dogs playing each other in terms of Zeke and Cook. Mm. Now that game they can either be big games for them or or maybe not because it could be a shootout. So if we want to just go all in on one of them two, might not be a bad idea, but. It might be a it might be a passing game too. I, I yeah. don't, so the, they're they're guys I'm looking at. I'm considering if I want to really go big this week, but I don't know. I'm not sure. 
No, I I look at the running back situation this week, and I'm not real excited about it. I I'm kind of scratching my head, going, okay, now maybe maybe it's the earnest this week for me. Maybe maybe Chubb won't play as much. And I'm going, oh no, I thought about that. that's a terrible idea. I think I'm going to pick on the Washington football team, though. I may play and I I may end up playing both Denver running backs. That's a terrible decision, Wes. Talk me out of that stuff. Yeah, well, wait till one of them gets hurt, Wes, and then play the other one. That's what I need to do. That's why. See, that's why I'm glad I'm talking to you guys. I get to talk it out with you. Uh, I know I I just made a circular argument with myself, but it still worked out for me. Hey, Rob, uh, when, when you got the wide receivers there, I like to pick on bad defenses with wide receiver. I think that makes good sense. The Seattle Seahawks are not a good defense. I don't know who to take off the Jacksonville Jaguars for a wide receiver. They've had a bye week, so maybe they kind of, uh, you know, figured some things out there. Who, which, who is it? MJJ. That's what I call him. Marvin Joel Jr., or Visca Chenault, or is are they like picking somebody up off the street to be able to do things? And and by the way, Dan Arnold might be a part of that offense too. Mm-hmm. What what do I do here, Rob? Yeah, it's, it is tough. You know, when you have a ambiguous situation like that, it's kind of like, you know, when you're thinking of the Steelers or the Bengals or the you know the Buccaneers situations. It's almost like you want to save them until one of the guys gets hurt and then, you know, choose it. But obviously in Jacksonville, Chark has already gotten hurt. So, you know, between Marvin and, and LaVisca, I prefer Marvin. I think both of them are fine. Like, I think both would be fine to play this week in, in Bay Bull if you wanted to. Um, I do agree with you. Like, I like the Seattle matchups. So, you know, I, I would be fine with playing either of them. Okay. Another one I see on the board here, which may be a good one, and I hate to say this, but we just saw Mike Evans get torched, uh, or torched the Chicago Bears last week, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Can we look for a Garoppolo-Debo connection this week against the Bears to maybe do the same thing, or is that just, that just sounds crazy? I mean, Debo's a good pick any week. I mean, he's, he's really... It was really a dice roll between some people were all on the uh, Uke train, some on the Debo train. And I felt like it was going to be one of those two that was just going to kill it this year. I didn't know which one. So I just stayed away from both. I didn't want to be yes, wrong, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was Debo and, and, and it could be continuing to go. I did hear he did not practice today concerning, but they're saying that he's going to be good to go for the game. It, it, it'd be a good pick. You don't have to practice if you're playing the Bears. They're just rolling yeah. over and playing dead now <laughs> at oh, this no. point. And uh, Debo was even undrafted in, in some leagues that I was in this year. You know, just went undrafted, which was really shocking, surprising kind of a thing. I think people don't just don't trust the passing game of those guys. Uh, New England put up 34 points, Ryan, last week. They can't do that again, though, against the Chargers, can they? No, I don't think so. I think this could be more of a defensive game than than some people are thinking. I, I'm I see the under or the over at, at uh, forty nine. I think it could go under. The Chargers defense is real good. Now that last game they got beat against the the Ravens. They they were beat up. They were losing guys left and right. I think they had corners playing safety or something like that. So I'm thinking they use that bye to get healthy. Their defense will be back on it. They'll get pressure on that that. Uh, rookie quarterback Mac Jones. I th- I think it's going to be more of a defensive game than than people are thinking in the, in terms of this. I would hit that under on that one. Rob, who is my guy? Uh, I'm trying to think. In Dallas against the Dallas Minnesota Vikings, there who who is who is my guy from Dallas? The cornerback. Who is he going to be taking? Is he going to be shadowing anybody? Or is he going to play 
uh, Justin Jefferson all day long? Is he going to take Adam Thielen, or is he just going to kind of be roaming around there looking for an interception from Kirk Cousins this week? I think he's going to be roaming. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast earlier today talking a little bit about uh, Diggs in yeah. terms of like how much he shadows, and I I don't want to, you know, don't quote me on it, but I, I'm pretty sure he hasn't really shadowed much of anyone this year, so I'm not going to expect him to shadow Jefferson this week. And, um, you know, even even still, like, he's, he's, he wouldn't be worried about it just because he, he is the type of player that, you know, he reminds me, like, of a prime Marcus Peters when Marcus Peters was, you know... He would he would let up a lot of big plays, and he would let up he would but then he would also make a lot of big plays happen. So Diggs has allowed a lot of yards this year, if I remember correctly, and but he's made obviously he's leading in interceptions, and you know um, so I love that game in general. Just for I mean it's the highest total on the slate. It's not, it's you know it's two defenses that I mean Dallas has played better than they did last year. Minnesota's played slightly better than they did last year, but still, I mean, those, their offense, the offenses are better than the defenses. There's great players on both offenses. That game's in a dome. Um, so, which is conducive to offense. So especially passing offense. So I, I mean, I have no hesitation about playing any of the pass catchers on either side. Yeah. Now that now that you mention it, going back to quarterbacks, if if you don't want someone who's not necessarily elite, but is probably going to have a pretty good game, uh, Kirk Cousins could be your guy this yep, week for sure. Brian, the tight end situation. I, I know, I know. We have Kyle Pitts going against the Panthers. Panthers haven't always been a terrible defense this year, right? So that makes me a little hesitant there. Mm-hmm. I, after that. Do, do I want to play a Zach Ertz? Do I want to play a CJ Uzama? I know I usually want to play a Travis Kelsey if I can, but man, yeah. Travis Kelsey has come back down to earth crashing like a like a you know a bolt of lightning. I, I don't know what to do at tight end after I get past a Kyle Pitts and I played him last week. Who who do I pick this week? Man, it's it's really a dart throw. Uh, I'm going to have to come back to that Cowboys game. And, and if you want a solid dart throw, Cowboys or or Vikings, you got Schultz is, is, has been having a really good year. Mm-hmm. And, and this game's going to have points. If you already used him, you got uh, the the other guy for, I can't even remember, and I have him in a bunch of leagues, the, the Vikings tight end. Conklin. It's a dart throw. Conklin. It's a dart throw. But uh, in a game where there's going to be a lot of points to be had and a lot of touchdowns, uh, he could be a good option for you. Yeah, that that may be true. And I know Komet's getting a lot of usage robbed up there in Chicago, but he's going against the Niners. I don't really want to trust that one at all. Is there a Brown tight end that I could trust, or is that just where where's Austin Hooper? Yeah, I I can't trust him, especially with how much they're using Injoku too, and then they'll sprinkle on Harrison Bryant too. So I would I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there either, especially when I was talking before. I think that's going to be a low-scoring game. I do like the Dalton Schultz call. Um, I like, you know, like like uh, Ryan mentioned with Tyler Conklin. That's the thing with once you get past the, you know, the top five, six, really the top three, but like the top five, six, seven tight ends, you're you're kind of hoping for a score. And when you're in that kind of situation, you just want a guy. You want to throw out a guy that. Is probably going to be a good in a good game environment and runs a lot of routes. So, 
Tyler Conklin's that kind of guy. CJ Uzama, even. I mean, the Bengals are playing against the Jets, and he's Uzama has been scoring touchdowns, and he's been running a ton of routes. He hasn't been getting a ton of targets, but if he's running routes, um, that's that's always what you want to see. And then Dallas Goddard with Zach Ertz gone, they're playing at Detroit, so it's in a dome against that bad Detroit defense. That game has a pretty high combined total, so that should be a good game environment, probably fairly fast-paced. I wouldn't mind going to Dallas Goddard either. No cheating. I want to wrap everything up. I want to play a little game, okay, guys? Between the All two right. of you, because you both you both are very knowledgeable. You got you got information oozing out of your ears, both of you. Do. <laughs> All right. So we'll put the top ten answers on the board. We'll play a little fantasy feud kind of game uh, among tight ends. Top tight ends uh, fantasy scoring right now in a in a normal PPR Yahoo league, okay? Mm-hmm. And you guys say your name. For uh, giving me, and, and I'll ask this question here in a second. Uh, for you know, just say your name and buzz in. That'll be your first buzz, okay? It'll be your first buzz, and then we'll play pay, player pass. Uh, uh, top ten, uh, top ten tight ends scoring in the Yahoo leagues this year. I got, I got tight end one, Ryan. Okay, Ryan, go ahead. T- tight end one is Uzama. No, no, he's not, not for season. Season ah, long, I, say. I thought that put him on the top overall. Okay, well, that, that week ooh, I'm wrong, but, but, but hold on, he 10, is right? he mm-hmm. is in the top ten, so okay. he he is there. He is number, let's see, two. He he is number ten. He is there. So oh, yeah, wow. with sixty four points this year, he is number ten. Rob, you uh, have a chance to steal this. Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is number one still. I wouldn't have thought it. I wouldn't wow. have thought it okay. because he has just really been disappointing from a fantasy standpoint. He is at 99, uh, 99 fantasy points, 0.80, 99.80. But really two of those games, the first two games, 22 and then 20, and he's had 13, 4, 14, 13, 10. So, I mean, just not, not your typical Travis Kelsey kind of year. So, Rob, you get to either play or pass. Hmm. I'm 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 gonna play play always okay. playing's always more fun right Oh yeah Okay, okay. all right go ahead Rob <laughs> Okay so let's see I'm just gonna Darren Waller Darren Waller is disappointing there. Yeah okay. yeah and barely is at number nine sixty six thirty where Uzama was sixty four ten Okay wow. Kyle Pitts Uh Kyle Pitts he is in there at sixty eight sixty right now sixty eight points. I was gonna say he, I know he's he struggled early, but he had nice past two weeks um, or past two games because they were on by. Um, let's see, Dalton Schultz got to be one of them. Dalton Schultz is in there, sixty nine forty. Uh, I guess that would be number 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 six ish. Number six ish. Okay, let's see who else. Who else? Um, I'm gonna say Hunter Henry. Uh, Schultz was actually number five, just to let you know. And let's see, Hunter Henry's at sixty-two forty. Eh, so you got one wrong. You got one X on the board. One ooh, X on the board. Oh, oh, oh. Let's see. Let's see. I am going to go with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is number two. You can only get one more X, by the way, because it, I'm not giving you three X's. You're going to yeah, run okay. the tape. <laughs> Mark Andrews is number two. Okay. Mark Andrews. Let's see. Um, wow. This, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be. Three seconds. Um, 
We're going to go with Jared Cook. Jared Cook. <laughs> Jared Cook. You're just trying to pull names out of the tight end bag at this point. I think you're going Jared Cook. I'm not, I don't mean to laugh at you. Uh, uh, Mark Andrews came in at 92 points. Jared Cook. Let's see where Jared Cook is. Jared Cook is not there. Jared Cook uh, for the season. I, I don't even see Jared Cook. Maybe I overlooked him. Uh, but I don't I don't even see Jared Cook. Where's Jared Cook? Are you? Uh, no, I don't. I don't see a Jared a Cook at all. Games. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't see top him. Ten. Uh, no, no. Yeah, no, I was gonna no. say I, I. I don't think he is. I, he's probably. He's probably fifteen-ish. Yeah, I don't. I don't even see him. I, I don't even. I don't even know where it is. Yeah. And and I'll be honest with you. I drafted Jared Cook, and it, this says he has eight fantasy points. I maybe I'm absolutely wrong, <laughs> but he is. Uh, that that could be absolutely wrong because he has got he's caught two touchdowns right yeah yeah he, uh, this he had a touchdown at least in that game against the Raiders and, and I know this because my Charger fan messaged our whole fantasy group and said he's the best tight end this year <laughs> <laughs> that was season long because I was telling you ninety something points I don't I, that may be a glitch in the Yahoo system right now I'm, I'm, let me let me let me check it out here on what I have. I'm gonna scroll all the way down to the eight point mark. I don't, I don't, I don't see him. I, 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 it's, it's a, that's a, that's weird. I'm gonna have to check that out a little bit more. But no, Rob, he is not. A, he is not there uh, in the top ten. So you have to have to answer one time, one time, Ryan, to steal this from you, and you get uh, baby bowl week eight victory. Oh, there we go. Uh, give me Dallas Goddard. He hasn't been said yet, right? Has he? I, no, he has not been said yet. But I mean, this season long, he's been hurt for five weeks. Are you sure you want to say Dallas what? Goddard? He was. Oh, he was hurt. Oh, dang it. Oh I, man. Uh, I'll cut that out. Don't worry about oh, that, Ryan. Really? I'll that, cut that, that, that out. never happened. <laughs> Why did I think I forgot he was out? Let me see here. So I think we have got to think of something around. I don't think we've got tight end eight. Man, this one, this one's got to be just some guy who just had a week. Got these top three. Travis Kelsey has been named. Mark Andrews has been named. Dalton Schultz has been named. Kyle Pitts has been named. Darren Waller and C.J. Uzama, which we would have never thought C.J. Uzama was going to end up on this list of top 10 tight ends, but he is here at 64 points. 64 points through seven weeks, so take that for what it's worth. I've got a few ideas just due to touchdowns, and I don't know... Because I I know what the floor is now, and it's Uzama. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so, true. <laughs> who's done better than Uzama still? I'm trying to just think of all the teams in my head. Whoa, ooh, man, and then you've got these injuries. Uh, oh, what about uh, Mike Gesicki? Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki. Yep, that's got to be yeah. Yeah, he's there. He's Mike Gesicki is number three, <laughs> the third tight end in the league oh. right now at 73 fantasy points. And I, Jared Cook's name isn't even on this list, guys. I, this is the, You guys are going to have to go back into your Yahoo leagues and see if I'm just crazy or what. But Jared Cook, let's see, I got him. It still says eight season long. I'm, I'm just I'm going right there to him. Season long total says uh 46 fantasy points for him throughout the season ah, but he's not on 46. the list anyway maybe maybe he's on there i don't know that's really weird all right but anyway uh, projected points that's what i was looking at is projected points not <laughs> not for not for our game but just as looking at jared cooks all right very good very good job you stole that from him so you won all those points that actually accumulated nothing we will send you a rob norton 
NFT. <laughs> yeah, Rob Norton NFT, Ryan. So you can oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ryan, you did a great job last week. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm glad to talk to you again this year, just like we did last year. And I look forward to hopefully being able to talk to you again before this season is over, young man. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Make sure you follow him at World. Did I say it right? How do you say your Twitter? At Ryan World Eater. At Ryan World Eater. We always have a good time talking in that baby bowl chat room. And Rob Norton, you did a good job as well. Thank you so much, sir, for being on here. Thank you for having me, Wes. It's a pleasure every week. At Norton0723, make sure you follow him. You can follow me as well, at Loafinit on Twitter. You can follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please subscribe, leave a review, slap those stars around. But more importantly than all those other actions, everybody, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 